Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together. Well, today we are in our next to last installment of this Greater Movement series. We're talking about the sermon Tyler preached last Sunday, talking about when things do not go according to plan. And Tyler, this was one of those sermons where I got to be honest, it hurt so good. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Don't you hate love those? I, I hate love, hate, hate. Love, mostly hate. No, it's it's hard. It's so hard That's for a, a control freak like me. It's a tough story. Oh, man. And you know what's kind of interesting? You started the sermon talking about how your life has not always gone according to plan. And you gave a lot of personal examples, whether it was, you know, you didn't marry your high school sweetheart, or you always joked how you wanted to have two kids, but you didn't know that meant adopting twins and <laughs> yeah. all this sort of thing. And it's so... What struck me in this, and this is probably a side topic to the whole sermon, but what struck me in that was I was listening to you talk and I go, huh, (laughs) because, because it's so easy to see it in your own life and it's so easy to feel that in your own life. Oh yeah. But honestly, I've always looked at you and Lindsay and thought, oh man, they just always have it together. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like, they just always, like you always talk about your pizza nights on Friday nights. And I was like, (laughs) you guys have your lives so together Oh man, that you're able to have pizza every Friday night. Like that is so, wow. If Lindsay's listening to this, she's (laughs) laughing very hard right now. (laughs) Because, because I look at my life and I'm like, well, yeah, there's a huge amount of chaos. Like this is like, my life is nothing but chaos and it's completely (laughs) beyond my control. And I totally relate to what you're saying. But he feels it too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's it's funny. Just I mean, even thinking about, I mean, just in the story, it's so much about we think we know how God works, right? Or how He's supposed to be, or how we're supposed to be, or you know, however you want to say that. And kind of quickly realizing, man, like it's just God moves in lots of different ways, unexpected ways. And fu- what's funny is there was one particular story that. I tried my hardest to work it into the message and and I didn't, it just didn't fit. Like it would have been just, it was a story I wanted to tell that was funny, but actually had nothing to do with the message at all. So I'm like, don't you hate it when you got to cut those things? Yeah. Like, and it's just decision for time. Like I know I have a limited amount of time to communicate what I want. And so I need to only include things that move the message forward. Not just so I can, well now is your chance. Now I I was going to say, but curiosity, that's the great tell thing the about story. doing these podcasts is then I then you can tell give extra content. Yeah, so I remember reading this story in it was probably college. Okay. I was still like community college. I was still in Olney at home. And reading were the part where it said about midday, you know, cuz the Jews would pray, they'd do their mm-hmm. fixed out fixed yeah. times of prayer, usually 3 or 4 times a day. And so that's why it said about midday Peter goes and go it says he goes up onto the roof to pray well (laughs) of course you know not always understanding context and understanding the culture and time i'm thinking the dude climbed up on this like the roof to pray like (laughs) that picturing on a on a steep peaked eve of a roof that's how badly he wanted to get away from everybody that he literally (laughs) like climbed up the roof so i'm not joking when i say did you climb on a roof I was talking to, cause this was like, man, I'd just been following Christ for just a couple years. 
super passionate. You know, it's that zeal or a... You climbed up on a roof. Zeal without knowledge. Right. And so I was talking to my buddy, and man, God bless him. He didn't even question me. Because I was saying, like, dude, like, if we're going to be like the apostles, like, if we're going to be hardcore Jesus followers, we need to be so passionate, we'll, we'll pray on the roof. So that's what we did. I went and got a ladder, and I, and I put it on the side of the house, and we got up on my parents' roof, and we just sat up there and prayed. I'm so glad you told me this story. <laughs> and... And he never questioned it. He never said anything like, is that really what it meant? Or even like now I know like, okay, Middle Eastern houses, like the roofs are flat. Like usually the roof right. is like an upper level, like a living space, a pe- place where people would totally go. Totally different weather. No, totally different. And, it, and there's even a rule in the Old Testament about having a railing around your roof so that people don't yeah, fall and that's die. Right. Yeah. And so it's like a roof was a common place to hang. It was a living room, essentially. No, it was in summer. So it wasn't like in, of course, if it was winter, I'd probably still would have done it just to like feel hard. that hard to feel hardcore but anyway we go up there okay and i kid you not the next day my dad was like hey did you guys did you get up on the roof at some point yesterday (laughs) and i was like oh yeah like we went up there to pray oh you're (laughs) so i told him which i don't think he got it and he's like literally he's like oh okay could you not do that anymore You said no. And I'm like, I have to. I'm like, why? He's like, you're going to tear up the roof. Which now that I'm a homeowner, like I have, like every time I have to get up on the roof to like blow out the gutters or something like that, I'm just like cringing because I know like the damage it does to the roof, like when you're getting up and walking around on it. Yeah. And so I'm like, my poor dad, like he just had (laughs) probably no category to put me in. (laughs) So it's like, Awesome. You think you understand, like, God, oh, God's not really going to move in your life unless you get up on the Did roof Did you see and pray. any visions of, like, animals you were supposed to kill and eat or no, anything? No, it was kind of hot out. Like, I was getting, I sweat like a 300-pound man, so, like, I, <laughs> it was not the most comfortable thing. But I thought I was, like, you know, following and, and mimicking the lives of the apostles, and, yeah. Oh, that it's, is such a great story. That's just one of those things where, like, you think you know <laughs> and you don't. how you're supposed to be and you don't. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Tyler, that is awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad I know that about you now. <laughs> it so we're going to go up on the roof and pray after this? Oh, well, the roof here is actually, in the Effingham campus is actually flat, so we could go up there. <laughs> uh, I've never prayed on a roof, I don't think. So you're just, one level closer to Jesus You're than just I am. not a serious Jesus follower, uh, man. But seriously, so this story, let's just recap it real quick for everyone. I can recap it. So yeah, go for it. Peter goes up. This is the first third of your message. You talked about Peter. He goes up and he prays. He sees this really strange vision where God lowers down this sheet that is full of animals. Like it's just this bizarre thing that he's seeing. And there's a whole bunch of animals that are unclean according to the Jewish law up there. And God tells Peter to kill and eat. And Peter says, what? No way. He's mortified He's like, I've followed your law my whole life. What are you talking about? And God repeats this vision three times. Yeah. And then as soon as the visions are over... There's a knock at Peter's door, and it's a servant from a dude named Cornelius, who yeah. is a Roman, was he a centurion? Yeah, he was a centurion. So he was a member of the Roman army. Yeah. So like the occupying army of Jerusalem mm. uh, is now asking Peter to come and teach him about Jesus yeah. because Cornelius saw a vision earlier. Like God orchestrated this whole thing. Nobody just had, hey, let's have this great missions plan to go reach the let's Romans. Let's go try to reach, reach the Romans. Like no. to Peter and the apostles... They thought it was about the Jews. So, right. you know, they're going to reach them. So this was not on the map 
for them at all. They weren't even thinking about this. Nope, and so God decided, you know what? I want some Romans now. Yeah. And so he went after the Romans, sent a big uh, vision to Cornelius and said, hey, you need to ask for this guy named Peter. And then got Peter ready with this weird vision about animals saying, hey, the old rules are kind of off now. Not necessarily, you know, we're not, God wasn't even talking about dietary rules at that point. He was yeah. saying, these things that used to be unclean for you that you wouldn't even associate with these people, you wouldn't yeah. even touch these things. And that phrase, do not call clean what God calls clean, or do not call unclean what God calls clean. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> God has now declared that the Roman and also the Gentile, for which I am thankful because I'm not natively Jewish. Hey, I, pretty, I mean, it's pretty much guaranteed anyone who's listening right now right. is likely Gentile. And so this story is just huge in like my salvation, because it's, if this story hadn't happened, the gospel of Jesus Christ wouldn't be open to me. Yeah. So the story of Cornelius is massive in our church history. And even in the story of my personal faith, your personal faith, it's yeah. not really possible if Cornelius hadn't gone first and if Peter hadn't been willing to do so because God had told him in a vision directly, hey, I am now open as well to the Gentiles. And it was, yeah, it was a pivotal, a pivotal point in the history of the church that even just the idea was introduced. Now, there was lots of, I mean, there's stories with Jesus and even hints earlier in Acts that pointed to Gentiles coming to faith. And Jesus mm-hmm. had even had interactions with Gentiles, centurion even, right. uh, of that happening. But I think it was always under the umbrella of them thinking, well, they'll become Jewish mm-hmm. and, th- and then be saved and then come to faith. And you see that this argument teased out. Now I'm getting sidetracked again. Yeah. You see this argument teased out further in the New Testament oh, where yeah. people keep trying to say, okay, if you want to be Jesus followers, you need to become Jewish. You need to start following all our laws, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That was a big topic. Like Paul addressed that topic. That continued to Multiple be a times. Yeah. Multiple times throughout the New Testament. But anyway, just such a cool story. And you used that story to tease out the idea that if we want to see a greater movement of Jesus in our time, mm. 2023, it's probably not really going to look the way we anticipate. Yeah. Like even like that moment where, you know, Peter, he breaks a lot of his own rules to be like, I'm going to go to this Roman's yeah. house and yeah. not care that I'm going to be quote unquote unclean. And he begins to preach the gospel to them. You know, you killed him, but God raised him. I've noticed in a lot of the times I've just even been reading Acts in my own time. And realizing Paul, like Peter uses that phrase, like you crucified him, you killed him, but God raised him. Like he uses that phrase over and over and he uses it for... It's kind of an accusatory phrase. Yeah, I know. But it's true. Like, I mean, it (laughs) really nails the gospel. Like you killed him, but God raised him. And now you get to benefit from it. But he says that and it's like literally it says, as they are listening, the spirit pours out on them. Mm. And like, and it said the other Jews who were with Peter. So Peter was, you could tell Peter, that showed Peter was maybe a little cagey about the whole thing because he didn't go alone. <laughs> right. He brought some of his buddies with him. But they all, it's like basically they had no category for what happened because they're like, wait, what does this mean that even the spirit has been poured out on the Gentiles? The uncircumcised Gentile who is not following the law, mm. who is not following the dietary laws. Like, what does this mean? And I mean, this was a, a life-changing uh pivotal moment for the church. Absolutely. And you, you went, there were a couple things that really stuck out to me from your message. One was you talked about how, when God poured out the Holy spirit, it looked so many different ways, so many different times. Mm -hmm. There was a pair, there was a, there was a section in there where you talked about how, you know, sometimes they spoke in tongues. 
Sometimes they didn't. Sometimes it was before they were baptized. Sometimes it was after. Sometimes it was right after they decided to follow Jesus. Sometimes they waited a really long time. Like there was just this, all this variety in how God chose to move through his people and through his Holy Spirit. And they just never seemed to follow the same formula ever. Yeah. And that really challenged me because I tend to want to think, okay, this is the way my logical brain works. God is all powerful. God stays the same forever and ever. So he's always going to move in exactly the same way. Mm. <laughs> and and uh, it's just not true. Yeah, it's, The logic falls apart because God just does not move the same way every single time. God does change things up. God does. Why, why do I try to put my limits of creativity on God? Because guess what? I want God to be in my box. Yeah. If I can figure out God's formula and I can figure out the right buttons to push, and then God responds, well, I've essentially tried to turn God into a vending machine yeah. over and over. And I do that constantly. I don't even realize I'm doing that oh, yeah. sometimes. And, and that's, uh, it's our human way of trying to, I mean, the, the human heart and mind craves order and mm-hmm. predictability. Yep. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think God, we've wanted to be like God since the yeah. beginning. And, and God is a God of order. Don't get me wrong. And Paul even says that, that he's not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. Um, so there is a sense, and I didn't really get into this in the message, because there is a sense in which God is faithful, mm-hmm. meaning that uh, y- you can be sure because of his character, he's going to respond in certain ways and act in certain ways consistently. Like God will be consistent in many ways because of his faithfulness mm-hmm. of who he is. Um, but if we think we can reduce him down to a formula to where we can... Or know his methods. Yeah, to like to predict how he's always going to work that it's not possible that he could do something different uh, than what we've experienced or done before. Um, that's when it starts to become religion and it's like, we're containing God in a box that, and he can't, can be, he can't be contained in that. Mm. And so that's a challenge for us of like in our desire to order things religiously, mm-hmm. we like to put rules and frameworks around things. And so if anything falls outside of that, we, we won't give space for that. And I feel like that's a whole rabbit hole we could spend oh, hours man. in and you just diagnosed half the issues between half of the denominations or all of the denominations is it's like, you know, this denomination just camps out on this particular way that the Holy Spirit is manifested. This denomination says, no, God always moves this way. You don't say these words when you baptize. I say these words and right. because it's not exactly the same, then I won't have anything to do with you. Yes, and it's and God's face palming. <laughs> yeah, and God is just saying, "What are we doing?" Like, yeah. I am the one moving in these people, and uh, gosh, that was like I said, that's a wormhole we could spend or a rabbit hole we could spend a long, long time in. But the main point is, if we want to see a greater movement of Jesus in our day, we have to have our hearts and our minds open yeah, to be recognize because we're going to have a Peter on the roof moment. If we want to see Jesus move in a greater way in our in the next generation, we're going to have a Peter on the roof moment where we're sitting there and we're going, no, that's not the way we've ever done it. No, God, I've never done it this way. And God might have to send us the same message three times before we finally realize, oh, I need to be open to moving in a new way. And that's hard, especially for those of us that have attended church for a long time. And are so passionate about it. Yeah. Watching some of the things that we really, really love. I mean, Peter was passionate about following these dietary laws. Yeah. Peter was, he had devoted his entire life to not talking to Romans. Yeah. 
And he had to he had to break through all of that. Can yeah. you imagine being Peter? You're what, 29, 28, 30 years old, something like that, probably a few years younger than Jesus, mm. walking into a Roman centurion's house. Yeah, that's crazy. The people that just killed your rabbi, mm. the people that have been inhabiting your homeland for the last several decades, the people that are taxing you to death. Yeah. And now you got to go tell them about this man that you've devoted your life to. Like, that's hard. Yeah. You know, Jonah couldn't do that. I was going to say, it made me think of the story of Jonah of like how difficult that would be and why, right. he, why he ran. <laughs> and so are we willing to take on that crazy, different, really hard thing? And then that led to a mess, a line I wrote down. I, it said, if you struggle with the unpredictable and the messy, then you're going to struggle with Jesus. Yeah. It's like, ah, did you write that? Or did you read that somewhere? Uh, I think I just wrote it. Dang. Sorry. That sounds like really, no, I just wanted to give you credit. <laughs> sounds really bragging it is, saying that because it is super good. Yeah. It's so good. And I was like, cause I remember writing, I need to take that. I remember in the message writing down, uh, that dealing with people is messy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, like if you struggle with that, yeah. you're going to struggle with, and I just remember thinking, man, if you struggle with things being messy, you're going to struggle with Jesus because he, he, he entered the mess. I mean, that's the beauty of the incarnation right. and coming to earth. He came and got in, got dirty with us. Yes. Yes. And that kind of gave mind, like, we're going to, we're going to hit the scripture uh, later when we go through our prayer prompts, but you know, everybody knows John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever yeah. believes in him should have everlasting life. But the very next one says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, Mm. but that the world should be saved through him. He didn't come just to draw more lines between us or to say, oh, you're not keeping the rules. I mean, now it's time to tell you all what you've done wrong since we last saw each other. Now, the rule follower in me does take comfort every once in a while knowing that God is going to straighten out the mess. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Their judgment day is coming. He will judge the world in righteousness. He will straighten out the mess, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Right now we're living in a time of grace where he has come to show love to us mm-hmm. and to and so we have to accept the fact as his followers that we were also sent into the world not to condemn the world not to try to show the Romans how they should straighten up. Yeah. But to Which love that goes them. all the way back to the first message in the series of our purpose here is not to prove pe- prove people's wrongness. Mm. But instead testify to we killed him, <laughs> not just you. We killed him, but God raised him. Mm-hmm. And I'm testifying to what God has done in my life. Yeah. Be witnesses. So good. So good. So anyway, thank you, Tyler, for yeah, this message. Absolutely. It's one of those messages where it's like, okay, Jonathan, are you really okay with the mess? Hmm. Are you really okay with your life looking just crazy? Yeah. Compared to everyone else. Letting go of control is a tough thing. Oh, yeah. And we all have, I mean, regardless of what your tradition is, even our tradition, as traditionless as we try to be, (laughs) we have our own boundary markers. We have our own fences that we put up uh, to try to control things. And that's something like I have to, I constantly have to check my own heart on. And that's something that our prayer time, as we kind of transition into the prayer prompts now today, But something our prayer time is really going to be camping out on is coming to grips with the idea that God is up to some stuff that we do not understand and placing ourselves through prayer in a place of submission to that. Placing ourselves 
not instead of us using prayer as a tool to boss God around and try to push more buttons on the vending machine. Instead, we're kind of coming to him open handed and saying, God, it's time for us to sit where we belong. And that's in the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. And we're going to watch as you drive this movement and we're going to go from there. So anyway, let's jump into our time of prayer today. Uh, Tyler, I'll have you kick us off with that first scripture, and then I'll lead us into a, a section of prayer, and we'll have our music for people to pray to. Right. So the word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 55, 8 through 9. Indeed, my plans are not your plans, and my deeds are not your deeds, says the Lord. For just as the sky is higher than the earth, so my deeds are superior to your deeds, and my plans superior to your plans. Let's pray. Dear God, I acknowledge that you are far greater than I. You are God, and you are the ruler of the whole universe, and I am not. I'm just a man. I do not possess the capacity to understand what you're doing or why, and I worship you for this. I acknowledge that you are directing our ways and governing our world and our church. You are in charge. I am not. John three sixteen and 17. For this is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that, he should, but that the world should be saved through him. Lord, I am sorry for attempting to boil life down to a set of rules. Forgive me for where I've judged others for failing to uphold my rules. I pray that you'd help me to understand that you've come to serve and love and help me to do the same thing.
John 3, 8. The wind blows wherever it will, and you hear the sound it makes, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. God, I embrace the mess that is your church and your body. I embrace the fact that you do not build according to a formula. You are infinitely creative, and I accept and choose to enjoy my role as a passenger while you are the pilot. I trust you, and I look forward with excitement to see how you will bring your kingdom. Well, thank you guys for praying along with us. Thank you, Tyler, for joining me here again. Hey, absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's been, uh, it's been fun. We have one more of these podcasts to do uh, for the last sermon in the series. So next week, but next week I'm on vacation. So you're actually going to be taking over the pilot. I'm chair. taking over the pilot seat. I mean, I'm, God's really gonna, in charge of it. I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> God's really the pilot. We're just the passengers, but you're going to be running the podcast. You will next go. Week. You will rue the day you ask me to do this. So go on, start ruining. <laughs> I'll start right now. I won't be ruining too badly. I'll be on vacation. It'll be okay. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for praying with us. And even though we're starting to come towards the end of this greater movement series, we cannot stop praying just because we're done with the series or whatever. And I mean, I'm really excited for the one that's coming up next about the sermon on the Mount, which by the way, cross, uh, it's all part of the new hope podcast network. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be starting a new series, uh, which we'll be doing a sermon series over, uh, uh, over oversight 
thing where we're kind of over, over <laughs> going over the sermon. Yeah, going over the sermon. Sorry, I've I've used up all my words. It's <laughs> a so good thing great. we're getting to the end. Uh, anyway, but that'll be on New Hope Underground. So if you're not cool. subscribed to New Hope Underground, that's yep. also part of the New Hope Podcast Network. So jump over and then. But we'll be doing kind of supplemental podcasts for each week of this next series, Super doing a series good. throughout the Sermon on the Mount called Summer on the Mount. Really, really excited about it. Such a great pun. I love good puns like that. Yes. Somewhere on the mount. So anyway, but the prayer never stops, guys. We got to keep praying all the time. So thank you for joining us. And as always, if you needed, if something struck you in this podcast and you want to keep hanging out and keep praying on it, do so. Just just pause the podcast. Anything you're going to say, that conversation with you and God is so much more important than finishing this podcast or what does Jonathan and Tyler have to say? Forget about us. Go pray. The whole, the whole reason we're doing this is because we're just trying to help you start praying. Yeah, and absolutely. So don't ever, anyway, push pause on the podcast. Go pray. And uh, until then, we will see you guys next week here on the Pray Together podcast. Have a fantastic week. See you guys. Thank you.